Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast, where fitness philosophy meets up with sales strategy. And now your host, award-winning trainer and sales strategist, Corey Angelin. Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast. I am your host as always, Corey Angelin. But today, coaching women to take empowered action and move their body to improve mental well-being and boost energy and mood is my good friend and New York-based registered dietitian and fitness professional, although I like to say fitness warrior, Christine Cohen. How are you today? Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> How did I do on the intro? Did I do Fabulous. Okay? It's so good to be here. Yes, truth be told, we haven't spoken in a long time, but uh, the reason why I love Christine is we used to work together, gosh, back in 2010 to whatever, right? Well, I don't even know what year it is now, but it's been a long time, so it's super fun to catch up today. So, so um, you're in New York, correct? I'm in New York. I just moved from New York City back to Long Island, which is obviously where we're both from and where we first met. I love it. So we got a lot of catching up to do, but one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is first of all, you're, you're, we talk about unleashing your inner warrior and you come to mind. Um, you've actually done some branding around that, which I love, which we'll get to, but I'd love to start off with just, you know, I knew you back then primarily as a registered dietitian. I know there was this huge, you know, metamorphosis, obviously being, becoming more of a fitness professional. You kind of married the two and what you're doing now, but talk to me a little bit about those days, you know, in earlier in your career, what, what was your mindset like back then? And, and then we'll kind of walk through, you know, from, from then, uh, until now. Sounds great. So back then when we first started working together, that was not my first job, as a fitness professional, but it was my first job as a registered dietitian. So I was very green and young and fresh and, you know, most days didn't feel like I knew what the heck I was doing. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting because in those days, which I think is pretty normal, the reason I got interested in fitness, got interested in studying dietetics was because I thought it was really cool how you could change your body by what you put into it, how you could carve your body out by how you moved and how you lifted weights and totally the aesthetic part, which makes complete sense yeah. being the age that I was and what I was exposed to just socially and culturally. And as I started to grow and really get out of college and dive into my first job, I started to lose all of what I originally found was really easy, what came really easy to me about what I loved about nutrition, what I loved about fitness. Working out, which used to be a no-brainer, was like something I struggled to do. So interestingly enough, about the year before I started working with you at Lifetime and then into my Lifetime career, was when I was really struggling, like my most, but I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And all I knew was, I don't feel like myself. I am tired all the time. I can barely get out of bed some days. All I want to do is like cancel everything and just throw the covers over my head kind of a deal. So it was very struggle. It was very difficult on the exterior, my aesthetics, I gained more weight than I had ever had in my life in a very short period of time. And of course, that's where my brain went first. Like, yep. I am not 
I'm supposed to go into work and help people become healthy when behind the scenes I'm binge eating. At the time, I didn't know what that was. I just knew I can't stop eating, um, especially like when I'm feeling stressed and stuff like that. I have no motivation to move. I'm such, I felt like such a fraud some yep. days because I'm supposed you're sitting to be with this clients. picture. Yeah, you're sitting, sitting with, with clients, clients giving them advice. I'm, exactly. And I'm like, I can't even keep my own shit together. Yeah. What is wrong with me? And I totally internalized it. Like talk about a major shame spiral. Didn't reach out for help because <laughs> one of my <laughs> things that I'm still currently working on is reaching out and asking for help oh, in all it. areas. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's, it's definitely improved majorly. But back then I just felt very much, um, I need to figure this out. What do you and think? Was, what do you think was the trigger for that? Like, because I mean, you always, you always worked out. So what you're saying, right. Was back then just something came over you and it just kind of bled into every day. Right. Where it's just like, you kind of felt blah. Um, you know, were you so, still working out? It just wasn't productive when you were was, doing it. I was barely working out. If I did, it was, it felt like if I could remember correctly, it felt like once every yeah. few weeks, something yeah. like that. At the time, I thought I have a chemical imbalance. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. This wasn't clinically diagnosed because I was too afraid and too embarrassed to go see a doctor, yep. which today I would never advise anyone to do. Uh, I mean, I would advise them to go see a doctor is what I'm saying. Um, and I just, that's all I knew in terms of what anxiety and depression was. I didn't realize there were so, those are only symptoms. There are so many root causes for anxiety symptoms, depression symptoms, and why someone chooses to use food to cope. Looking back now, I can see that I was very burnt out in overcommitting myself to so many things, saying yes to literally everything mm -hmm. with work, not managing my time well, not knowing how to handle just new challenges. Um, again, not asking for help, not asking for support in many arenas of my life. At the same time, parallel. Sorry about that. Good. At the same time, there was um, some trauma and some crisis going on with my family at home. So I felt stressed everywhere. I felt stressed at work. I felt yeah. stressed at home. I could never quite relaxed. I was operating in flight or fight mode 24 seven. Yeah. You talk about emotional eating. See, I look, the reason why, first of all, we go way back. So, so I, you would never know that you were going through that. Cause I remember you as like a rock star, right? Like we would send, because as a trainer and you know, this, it's so frustrating. We, even not even high level trainers, we, we train all kinds of people at the end of the day, if they're not doing their job on the nutrition front, it's, it's, it's hard because we, we, there's only so much we can do in an hour. So we would send them to you. You were a rock star. We always got great feedback on you. And it's, it's interesting that it's, we didn't, you know, I didn't understand you were going through that. Certainly you mentioned before you're kind of figuring it all out on yourself, but emotional eating is that term where I think I would love some clarity because people use it all the time, but it's, it is difficult, right? Like people turn to food quite often. Um, you're an expert. I'd love for you to how you went through that yourself. What are the signs and symptoms of that? And how'd you get out of it? This is a great question because I think that it is confusing for people. So often people throw different terms like mindless eating, stress yes. eating, emotional eating, binge eating, and they kind of all just use them interchangeably. There are some differences between them. Overall, 
they are all a form of mindless eating, a form of eating where you're disconnecting mm. from your presence, from yourself in that moment. And you're using food to numb out is what I like to call it. Just like completely escape from whatever you're feeling, whatever's going on. When it comes to defining like emotional eating, it typically brings up the picture of like a girl sitting on the couch, yeah. like eating yeah. ice cream because her boyfriend <laughs> just broke up with her kind of a thing. <laughs> and really emotional eating is being driven out of this emotional response, but it doesn't have to be sad. It doesn't have to be you're upset. It's actually any emotion that you feel uncomfortable experiencing. I strategically don't say the word negative emotions because mm. what you think is a negative emotion, you could be really uncomfortable feeling joy and feeling happy because it's not going to last. And so that freaks you out and that's uncomfortable. And so you might choose to use food to kind of feel better about yourself. Um, another example is I might feel really freaking comfortable being angry and okay in that place, but some people aren't. So whatever that uncomfortable set or state is for you, um, could be procrastination, could be what, what it ends up being at the end of the day is, what you truly want to be doing is out of integrity with what you're doing. So integrity is a huge, huge component when we really take off the layers and bring someone um, back to what, what it is they want to do. So for you, how long do you think that lasted when you were in that, that sort of segment of your life? And then what, what was the trigger then to get out of it, right? We always talk about what was the trigger to get in that, that led you down that path? What was it that, because that's the fascinating part to me, it's different for everyone, right? Um, and it's interesting when you look at confident people or capable people in terms of like, what for me, when I put my mind to something, I do it, but yet something like that could be a, a downward spiral for me and I'm not sure how to get out of it. So what was it for you that led you out of that path? For me, it was realizing that my weight loss aesthetic goals were completely out of alignment with me wanting to stop emotional and binge eating. It, people think that that weight loss goal is going to help them break this behavior. Yep. It actually leads you in the complete opposite direction and makes it worse. So that is for me when I realized that it all shifted. Did you become more comfortable in your skin and just the way you view your own body? Uh, it gradually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it's definitely to be, not like a light switch, but not a light switch, but you do have to make that mental yeah. choice. You have to make that mental choice often every day, you know, overcoming, um, compulsive overheating behaviors and the process to that can be paralleled to any sort of addiction to other substances, whether they're chemical addictions or just like destructive, distractive behavior addictions. Um, and so you really do need to make that choice often, every even multiple moments of the day. But what's really cool is when I decided I am going to heal my behavior with food, first and yep. foremost, no matter what happens to my aesthetic, no matter if I gain weight, no matter what I look like, this is my focus. It was amazing how so much shifted in my permission to allow myself to eat certain things, mm. the restrictiveness um, eased. I became okay with so many other things. I became at peace with so many other things. And then that 
really what you're doing is building trust with yourself again. So this and is that cool. continues to go. So this is cool because there's two questions then that come up. So so one back then then, um, did you see a lot of yourself in your clients? So when you would sit across from them at your desk, and like you weren't really out of that rut yet. Um, and then the second question would be, how did your coaching, so when you started to come out of it and you felt a lot more comfortable and you started to realize that there's another path to take here that's more positive, how was your coaching then to clients? Because for me, it's almost like when you believe in, I'm, I'm a big brand guy, right? So like, um, I, I, like I never stray from a brand if I love them, right? So, and I'm really passionate when I talk about a brand. So as you come out of that in, at that point in your life, did you find that your coaching and your one-on-one sessions with clients got better or was it just the same advice and just now you're adhering to it? Oh my gosh, everything shifted for the better. A big part of it was because I was denying a lot of what I was doing, the behaviors that I was doing and what I was going through. And I was embarrassed to share it, even when I accepted it for myself, even when I accepted like, this is what's happening with you, Christine. Okay. Um, Before that, I would just do what I know what I knew at the time, um, which was to help people lose weight, help people diet, help people learn how to control their behaviors with food. And I didn't understand the deeper level yet. So I was at a disadvantage in helping those clients actually, um, you know, they saw results, but they're the bigger picture of the relationship with food for the long term. I don't know if I helped them truly see what that potential could be. After I accepted what was happening and I started to speak out about it, it was like all of a sudden, the barrier of whatever people saw me as, like this pedestal fitness instructor, like she does everything perfect, she eats perfect, she never messes up, that whole story broke, which was incredible Mm. because now we relate to each other. Now they're like, you get it. You get what I'm going through. You've been through it personally. I trust you. And it was wonderful because I could really have that professional and personal experience. Um, And obviously that grew as I started to really chase and become passionate about this particular piece of fitness and, and nutrition. Yeah, which is great because that's the next question. So great. You, you, you realize all that. You come out of it. Um, it's, it's always a daily battle. I get that, right? But you're in a much better place. How did your career shift then? Because, you, you know, that was your first job back then, a long, you know, long time ago. Um, what, what, what were you thinking back then in terms of where you wanted to take your career to where it ultimately is now, which we'll talk about in a little bit? I always wanted to own my own business of some sort in the fitness industry. I thought I would like own a gym space and <laughs> just be training people, you know, all the time. Um, but it has shifted to where now I help people learn how movement impacts their mental health. My struggle, which we didn't really tap on too much, which is totally fine, but it's all interwoven with the emotional eating component with anxiety and depression was movement was like what I call my antidepressant for overcoming both of those things. And that to me, I didn't know, I didn't understand it. All I knew was I feel, even if it's like a layer better when I move my body, I feel I can function today. I feel I'm a person today. I feel more like Christine, like the Christine that I know, the vibrant person who loves life and loves to laugh and is excited about things. I feel like that person. I'm going to go towards that. 
So even if it was five minutes of movement, that became my purpose. Move to feel better. Move to feel a little bit better today. So now everything that I do really revolves around helping people discover what that is for them, how they can use movement to improve their own mental health and well-being, whether it's like really intense, like clinically diagnosed depression, anxiety, they're on medication to I am having a hard time and I feel low in my life and I can't, you know, control my anxious symptoms, et cetera. And I love it so much that I have decided, like I, I am a student at the Institute of Functional Medicine, which pretty much allows me to learn root causes for anxiety and depression that can be um, recovered through all different modalities that are outside the pharmaceutical uh, world, which is incredible. It's amazing. Does, does, when you're, when you're in that rut and you're working out and that movement piece and uh, does that depression go away for the hour? And then there's like, walk me through that. Like, I always wondered when you're in that depression rut, for me, movement's huge too, right? It obviously releases great hormones, makes you feel better. You're on that high. Do you then get in your car and you're back in that mode or is depression something more that's gradual? And then that leads to, for you, maybe it's eating, for someone else, it might be something else. How does that happen when you do have that sliver of a day where it's like releasing, right? And then what happens? How does depression, you know, add to that? You ask such good questions, Corey. Well, this is awesome. I'm a, I'm a seasoned veteran. I practice, <laughs> you know. It shows. So you do notice a shift in the training session, but it lasts a few hours, let's say on average afterwards, um, from my personal experience and from the clients that I worked with. So it could last for the whole day, like the rest of your day or the majority of your day where your energy is boosted, your mood is boosted and you're focused more, you're clearer. Those are the things that I would describe it as. And, um, I would notice either later as the day went on. So like, let's just say 12 hour period went on, but certainly the next morning, I would feel, I went, I like dropped down some levels, right? Like I would feel that level of depression had intensified a little bit or that anxiety had intensified again a little bit. At the very beginning, when I started doing this, it was like my daily dose. I need my daily dose that I can function for the day. Compounding in movement is real. And this is where the brain chemistry comes into play because not just hormones that are released in like the high, yep. but specifically things like BDNF, which is basically um, something that allows your brain to grow and change. And this specifically, along with some other ones, compound. And so you get that effect that continues to last longer and longer, even if I had missed a workout, even if I didn't move my body at all that day. So on the, for the training side, which is my jam, what was your working out like back then? Do you, do you like, when all that was going on, did you have a goal? Were you following a program where you would just be like, I'm going to go to the gym. I want to release some stress. I'm going to do an upper body workout. What was your program design back then? And has that changed? Do you like a particular way of training now for yourself? It was super intuitive back then. And I would say it's pretty intuitive still now. It always involved weight training. It always involves strength training. And I would also mix in different forms of cardio. When I say cardio, back then it used to be like 
walk on a treadmill, do oh, the God. elliptical, which yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time I stepped on a treadmill. Yeah, me and too. it's all about, um, I love weight training. It's important for physical, obviously. Um, but I just love doing it. And then in addition to any other activity I do is because it fills my soul with something. So I've gotten into Muay Thai. I dance, obviously. Um, that's something I've always loved to do. And I've even gone into outdoor cycling and it's just whatever, whatever fuels me, whatever fills me. Yeah, if you want to see Christine dance, we're, we're going to give her Instagram handle at the end here. I think it will be very interesting to see that, which I have looked at myself. So, um, so let's fast forward. I, what, I'm, what I love is that the branding of, of what you have done, especially given the environment we're in today, right? Um, where there's a lot of digital stuff out there. But I want to talk all things warrior. Wake up your warrior workouts. I want to talk about your four pillars, which let's start there because I'm a big pillar guy. So, so there was a time after Lifetime, I went to a big box gym. I was a regional director and I was tasked with uh, coming up with like, what do we stand for, right? And, and like I landed on these four pillars, so it's quite similar to yours. Um, movement, nourishment, fuel, and mindset are your four pillars. Tell me how you came up with that. What does that mean? And how did you start to brand yourself as to what you're doing today? I, by the way, by the way, another great question. I, I'll, just, I'll just say that. You never change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, the four pillars came about as I started to structure the warrior workouts, but it really tapped back into what were the things that really helped me shift into this new place? Movement, obviously. Nourishment, which I say this is not just about food. This is about nourishing your soul. This is about nourishing yourself through your eyes, your ears your body, your skin, your environment, the people you're around. So how that, I use the expression, feel your soul, um, your mindset. So really choosing how and what and believing if what you are doing is contributing to you becoming better. Do you even believe that you can impact your, your future feeling better? Um, and then fuel of course, because it, nutrition does play a very big impact when it comes to our mental health, obviously our physical health, and marrying the fuel, in, um, the fuel component with how to, how to build trust with yourself around eating and food without like being super restrictive, but uh, giving yourself allowances with things that help you feel your best. That is kind of what I like to teach people to do for themselves. So you always wanted to own your own business. When did the idea start and just walk through, how'd you come up? What's the name? How, like, what, what was that process like? I, I, I love that aspect. Um, so I'd love for you to walk us through how that occurred and what, when did it happen? I guess it was a couple of years ago, 2018 was when I decided I want to have an online group fitness course, coaching course, whatever. And as I was putting it together, I knew I wanted this to be different. I didn't want this just to be another, here are your workouts. Like yeah. here, we're, we're, we're lifting weights, we're pumping, we're getting abs. No, because that was not me. My head shifted. I had seen what was underneath all that, like the deeper stuff. And so throughout my entire struggle, I would often refer or say mental health warrior. 
And the reason warrior, because I felt, and you are battling for and against yourself every single day, just to live, just to function, just to be. And when you think about the qualities of a warrior, somebody who has a bigger cause, who gets up despite pain, who keeps showing up because they have this bigger purpose and they know that pain is temporary, they know that um, challenge is expected. It just embodied everything about what this experience was for me. So it just made the most sense. And so what happens after that? So you have the idea, right? So, I mean, you have to brand that. You have to get advertising out to it. What was the entire process? I love this stuff because I, I love branding. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's people think it's easy. It's not. And then there's the content piece. You got to produce content <laughs> almost daily, right? Which, which I know all too well. So, so <laughs> what has been the challenge and then where is, and then what has been the most rewarding aspect of all of that hard work? So just to get into the details, it started off with my closest friends and family and anyone else. Let's test this thing. I have this idea. Let's just throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. And I formed a Facebook group. I pulled in whoever wanted to do that. They, I think I had everyone pay a very nominal fee just to cover costs, but it was also so that they had some skin in the game and we just ran it. And we did it for two straight months. I wanted to hear what people thought of it. We got feedback on the workouts. It ended up that um, people liked a 22-minute short work, uh, short program ah, where great. it was all weight training. It was very focused, and they could feel amazing at the end. And also, it wasn't like hours and hours of their time. They could do it at home, yep. and it was great. It has evolved. It's still 22 minutes. That's still the foundation of it. But now um, there's more components to it in terms of mobility training, in terms of um, helping people basically like learn how to squat, learn how to deadlift, learn how to do all these basic but compound movements. And the branding kind of just evolved as we went. Literally, I do everything. <laughs> yeah. So everything from like creating the graphics to creating the content to design. Like I learned how to design this crazy website that now our membership base is held. It was definitely an adventure. And I'm excited now that we have been rolling consistently since March. Cause when March hit, I dived straight in and I was like, we're going all in on this. Love Whereas it. before I had to split my time between this and one-on-one -on -one work. And since then it's just been amazing. It's just so great to see people who've been doing this with me since March. Now we're coming up on a year. Um, so it's like anniversary for us. We're trying to look at all the good things and all the positives about exactly. one year anniversary in March. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, but and, that's, what, uh, that's what I love. And that's the advice I give everyone. You have to go all in. You can't, you cannot half-ass stuff, especially in the fitness industry. I mean, workouts online are a dime a dozen. So, so I always, you know, and anyone who's anyone can do that. I love that you made the decision to go all in. Was that a tough decision? No, oh, no. It was natural. I was like, yeah, this is the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? You just kind of know it, right? Like, same for me. Um, what, what do you, so talk to me about content creation. How do you go about program design? Like, how had you come up with that? So for the actual workouts, yeah. you mean? Um, I have, so basically like each month we have a theme and then I break down each week. I do split up the Monday through Friday 
workouts. So we'll focus on a particular muscle group. Like for instance, Mondays we focus on shoulders, but there are other components that we work with the body. I'm always trying to not just have people go through the motions, but I want them to feel their body. I want them to learn what they're doing and why they're doing it and how to make those little tweaks, those little angle tweaks that is going to make all the difference for them. So now just this month, we're actually doing a squat training basic program in addition to the warrior workouts. So I'm basically taking through people how to learn the proper mechanics to do a squat because, you know, at my very bare bones, I, if I see someone doing form, I'm like, no, (laughs) we got to do this, this, and this. Um, How does the nutrition component factor into all that? So how do you layer that in with the people that are following you along doing the, you know, the, the workouts themselves? So I will just teach casually throughout the month or throughout the time um, with our Facebook group. And I'll do specific videos on specific themes. Then in the program itself, there are like set beginner, excuse me, there are set beginner videos to kind of just get people to start thinking about nutrition in a different way, to stop thinking about it just as a weight loss tool and see the bigger picture um, and use that to eat to nourish themselves, to eat intuitively so that they understand this, this is what makes me feel great. This is, doesn't make me feel great. I still love it, but it doesn't make me feel great. So now I I can make the choice of if I'm going to continue to include it in my, in my diet or not. Um, And then on the other side, I have a group coaching course, which is more of a group coaching program that's six months long and is really strictly focused on helping people break free from binge eating and find what I call food freedom, where food isn't controlling themselves and their, them anymore. And they can really start to live their lives, like thrive. It's amazing how people really limit themselves when they're struggling with something like this. And it really does steal moments of your life. Just real quick, going back there probably years of my twenties that I don't remember because I was just numbed out to it. Like I just was not focused. I was not present there. I was either overeating and just kind of like wanting to be, to escape it. And so it's really sad for me to think about that. And if I could help somebody remember their life, like really live moments of their life instead of trying to escape them, I think that's invaluable. Best compliment that a client paid to you? Oh, wow. Um, probably my, one of my clients that I've been working with for a few years. And she, I don't, I'm going to paraphrase, but she's basically like, you've given me my life back. You've given me my ability to not see myself as just getting old. And like, I'm not able to participate in the things that I wanted to, but I feel alive. Like, I feel like I can go out and do those things that I want to do. I can do a dance competition. I can write a book. I can do these things. Whereas before physically and mentally, I was telling myself, this is not what you can do. Love that. That's why we do what we do. So great answer there. A couple of easy questions here. Um, What's one thing that you got better at in your business? So, so I love when I look at my first or my first couple of YouTube videos I, I did on, on, on fitness and sales and strategy and all that stuff. And then I look at how I do it today. It is like night and day. I can't even look at 
the first couple and, and, and you learn so much, right? And so what's one thing that you feel like you do a lot better now in the business than you did, you know, when you first started it? Uh, just on the client level, I think that I can break things down better now um, to explain them. That's the first part. And then the second part is shut the F up. <laughs> like yeah. I've learned to shut the F up and just let the client talk. And really coaching is, I don't know, you know, 25% you're talking and the rest mm. you're just listening and you're just taking in and you're helping that person unpack what's, what's under there for them because they probably haven't even tapped into that yet. So I think those two things for sure. But yeah, looking back at those old YouTube videos I've posted over the last five, six <laughs> years, it is cringeworthy, but it is good to see how far you've come in certain areas. That is true. Um, what's the future hold now? So what are you working on now? And what's the next year going to look like? So the next year is just going to be dedicated to building up the warrior workouts and the group coaching program. Um, as I'm doing that, I am also, like I said, studying at the Institute of Functional Medicine. So that's pretty much self-guided, self-studied. Um, but the information is just so, 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 um, there's just so much information. And so after I complete that, I'm going to create another program that nice. really helps people dive in um, into the into the physiological and biological reasons why they're mm. feeling off. Like instead of just for a quick example, going to the doctor, your thyroid labs are low. The doctor's like, here, take some Synthroid, take this medication for you to get those levels back. Well, I want to know why is your thyroid off? It's not just because you've hit a certain age. It's not just because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. It's something that you can find the root of and actually go in and heal the root and or dig out the root altogether. And then those band-aid um, ways of fixing it can actually be thrown out altogether because you've now healed and recovered from it altogether. Love that. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, that is very interesting, especially when we talk about the, the nutrition component. So last two hard-hitting questions, and then I want to uh, get you to talk about how people get a hold of the amazing Christine Cohen. Um, and my last two questions are favorite book and favorite movie. This will tell everything there is to know about the warrior Christine Cohen. Um, the floor is all yours. All right. Well, favorite movie, Jurassic Park, the original. Wow. Was not expecting that. Okay. All time favorite. Favorite book's a little harder. Um, Favorite nonfiction book? Mm. It's always a hard one. Is, yeah, is probably Untamed, which is by Glennon Doyle. And I just read it over the last year. And it really just, just hit me. She's, she knew it. She said it. It's great. I Highly it. recommend. Good. See, that wasn't hard. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Instagram handle, your website? It's easy. I hang out mostly on Instagram. It's at Christine Cohen. I'm sorry. It's at Christine.Cohen. And my website is the same, www.ChristineCohen.com. And I'm sure you'll include the links. That would be I great. I will include all the links. The amazing Christine, I have to thank you. It's been, it's been far too long. Um, I'm, I'm sure we will see each other on Long Island. I try to say that without an accent, much like, much, much like yourself. 
when things get back to normal. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what's to come from you, your career, and um, getting you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thanks, Gary. You got it. Great job.